hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of I Want You to Watch This. I am your host, Dennis, and as always, I am with my two co-hosts, Colin and Greg. How are you both? I'm good, Dennis. Doing fantastic. Great. Great. Just dandy. All right. Well, um, if you are just joining us, I will, of course, you're, just, you're not just joining us. <laughs> if you fast forwarded this podcast to, <laughs> to slightly before slight- the beginning. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, we are we are in part two of our um, uh, Academy Award nominees for Best Picture category, and that movie would be Hidden Figures. This movie was uh, the suggestion of Craig here, so I'm going to pass it off to him before I fuck up this intro anymore. <laughs> uh, so my film was Hidden Figures, uh, directed by Ted Melfi, and... Um, the and starring Taraji Henson as Katherine Johnson, Octavia Spencer as Dorothy Vaughn, Janelle Milnay as Mary Jackson, Kevin Costner as Al Harrison, Kirsten Dunst as Vivian Mitchell, uh, Jim Parsons as Paul Stafford, and Glenn Powell as John Glenn, with a few other actors in there that um, we'll name should they come up. So the plot of the movie is that in 1961, a mathematician named Katherine Johnson works as a computer in the segregated West Area Computers Division of Langley Research Center in Hamden, Virginia, alongside her colleagues, aspiring engineer Mary Jackson and unofficial supervisor Dorothy Vaughn. Uh, so the movie starts with Katherine um, as a young girl who's being encouraged to move to a better school at a higher level in another district so that way she can achieve her full potential because she is a damn genius. Um, following a successful Russian satellite launch, uh, or excuse me, um, so in, the, in 1961, after we moved through the intro, um, and following a successful Russian satellite launch, pressure to send American astronauts into space increases, and Catherine is essentially assigned to the task group that is trying to put a man into orbit. Um, and so initially, her new colleagues are dismissive and demeaning, especially head engineer Paul Stafford. Uh, meanwhile, Dorothy, who is requesting uh, to be promoted to supervisor, is rejected by Vivian. Uh, Mary identifies a flaw in a uh, experimental space capsule's heat shields after being moved to the engineering uh, to support engineering, and uh, this encourages her to uh, further pursue an engineering degree. Um, so uh, later on in the movie, at a barbecue, uh, Catherine meets U.S. Army officer Jim Johnson, and um, essentially they meet at um, a barbecue, and she's encouraged by Dorothy and Mary uh, to speak with him. Um, they eventually um, start dating, and later he proposes to her. Um, Harrison invites his um, back at NASA. Harrison invites his subordinates to solve a complex mathematical equation, and Catherine steps forward, leaving him impressed. Um, and the Mercury Seven astronauts visit Langley, Langley and astronaut John Glenn is um, comes and meets with Catherine and Mary, and specifically makes a point to come and speak with them when the astronauts that are potentially making this uh, trip into orbit come and visit. Um, over time, uh, Catherine becomes better acquainted with her colleagues and Harrison becomes upset uh, when she is not at her desks. Um, she explains that she has to go to the bathroom, uh, which is the only colored bathroom, which is half a mile away because they don't have one in the building that she's working in or any of the other buildings around her. Um, essentially, she's just facing a lot of 
um, the segregation and discrimination that is occurring, which is very high in 1960s and 1960s um, period. Um, um, around the same time in the movie, we see um, Catherine, who has applied to uh, an engineering position and has been rejected, go to court to try and um, get into a segregated school in order to achieve the certification that she needs to apply for the engineering program. Um, and also we see that um, the that NASA is bringing in the IBM 7090, which is a computer that is about to replace essentially all of the people that she is unofficially supervising. Um, so Dorothy is working over the computers, is what they're called, and essentially they double check math and um, perform calculations for launch um, for launches. And um, they soon find out that they're bringing in a new computer that will be replacing their jobs potentially. So Dorothy goes out and is um, essentially she goes to a public library, but is kicked out because she's black, um, and so she ends up uh, taking the book. Um, after being kicked out and studies Fortran, which is the programming language that is being used, that will be used to make these computers function. Um, let's see. So as we move forward towards the date of the launch and the final arrangements are made for John Glenn's launch, Catherine is informed she's no longer needed in the group and is being reassigned back to the West Area Computers. Um, but prior to the launch, Discrepancies arrive with the IBM machines, calculations, and so essentially what happens is John Glenn himself requests that Catherine um, be the person to check the calculations. Um, Catherine does this fairly quickly in the movie, um, and essentially when she, after she does this and hands it off to the people that are in the main control room, they slam the door on her, um, but Kevin Costner's uh, character... Kevin Costner's character, uh, Al Harrison, brings her back in to witness the final launch. And essentially, um, during the launch, um, there's a warning light that indicates there's a problem with the heat shield. And um, instead of um, doing the intended seven orbits, they're going to stop at three. Um, Catherine understands this and suggests that they leave the retro rockets, um, essentially, once again, proving that she is... Um, the smartest person in the room. Um, and following the missions, uh, the, uh, essentially they skip forward a little bit and the people who are working in the computers rooms, um, Dorothy has taught them how to program this IBM computer so they don't lose their jobs. So um, she trains them and actually officially becomes a supervisor after learning herself how to program these and proving that she um, is more capable than um, essentially the people that installed the machine in the first place. Um, and then we move towards the, um, ep as we move towards the epilogue, we find out that Mary obtains her engineering degree. Um, uh, Catherine also calculated um, trajectories for the Apollo 11 and Apollo 13 missions. And uh, in 2015, she was awarded the, the Presidential Medal of Freedom and a, a computational research facility at the Langley Research Center was renamed in her honor um, in the following year. Um, so that about sums up what happened in the movie. Um, and for the most part, um, as a little addendum, I did some research into the historical accuracy of the movie. And for the most part, um, 
all of the things that happened in the movie happened, but happened at different times. Some of the things happened before, um, whereas um, such as Dorothy was actually actually officially given the job as supervisor in 1949. Um, in 1958 uh, is when the NASA facilities were um, integrated, or the segregation was abolished at least. Um, and Mary Jackson was actually promoted to an engineer in 1958. So some of those things actually happened before the movie, but for the sake of condensing a very long and very um, detailed like story of civil rights into one movie, it was uh, pushed into one storyline. There were a few other things that were changed. Uh, for instance, the um, issue with the bathrooms w did happen, but it happened to Mary Jackson, not to... Um, Catherine and also John Glenn did personally re request Catherine to do the calculations but it wasn't like moments before the launch it was right. weeks days. before yeah. the launch yeah so. it was uh, you know to make it a Hollywood movie but they yeah some to intense moments raise but, uh, yeah, the intensity I, I was surprised by how accurate it was actually you know like a movie like this you expect it to be loosely based on you know true events but it was pretty you know spot on of, uh, yeah. as far as you know what it was about but, but before we get too far, before we start talking about this movie, I just have to say, Dennis, um, once again, you're, you're representing. Uh, Dennis came dressed as John Glenn, and I thought that Dennis would be John Glenn as he appears in this movie. But no, Dennis came no. as John Glenn uh, before he died in 2016. So Dennis has is, is got a pretty amazing costume of a 95-year-old John Glenn. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. And, um, well, like... I had all these prosthetics lying around, you know, and so I was like, I, I can't be like, you know, young John Glenn. I, I should, I should spin yeah, it. Yeah, you bit, should you go know. ahead and be ninety-five-year-old John right, Glenn, yeah, who, yeah. who passed away the same year that this movie came out. That he is uh, one of the heroic figures in. Yeah, I think I read he actually didn't get a chance to see it either, which is kind of sad. That's really sad. This, yeah, this movie is. It made me like. I mean, John Glenn is an American hero. Like, but Absolutely, this movie but, yeah. in particular was like. Oh, I didn't realize oh, wow. that like John Glenn was so woke, you know. <laughs> yeah, who knew that John Glenn was like so progressive and such a great guy? And, yeah. yeah. Oh, I know. I have a note here that I was like, I doubt John Glenn was the social hero they make him out to be, and it was like, oh wait, no, he really was. Yeah, like, no, I had the same thing. Like, I had the same moment when I was like watching that when I was watching this, I was like. Did John Glenn really do all yeah, that? Did, did he really say, really? I want her like, specifically to run oh, the numbers? No. Was he like, was oh. legit awesome yeah. dude. According you know? to yeah. multiple yeah. reports, yeah. Like, he was the one who was like, no, I want her to make right. the final numbers, yeah. final calculations. But um, yeah, well, speaking of, of Catherine, I mean, like your costume here is just fantastic. How, you know, dressing up as the lead of the movie, you know, with your glasses. and I mean, you know, I've been doing set pieces for so long. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I really did consider, you know, maybe coming as the car or you know but you know well, i just i just felt like i had to it's, it's well so you had to one. because neither dennis nor i could dress as one of the leads from this movie because <laughs> that would just be very insensitive and, and, and quite frankly offensive i don't think that's that, a way to put it yeah. <laughs> I mean, as long as there's no paint involved, I think we could, <laughs> we could give it a pass. I mean, also the fact that, you know, you adopted three children, you know, to really fill out this role is... I mean, I know. My girls are just sitting so politely in the corner. They're, they're so well-behaved. so well-behaved. It's so nice. I mean, I taught them to respect, you know. But it does explain why you suddenly have three daughters. Yeah. Um, I, I have been wondering. <laughs> <laughs> and Colin, wow. I mean, Al Harrison... Like, yeah, yeah, just, I just like, <laughs> I mean, I don't, and I know that 
there's not really anything to go off of for this character in real life because they kind of made him up, but I feel like you not only, like you, there's just some sort of like gritty realism to your costume in this that it's it's the crew cut, you know, I've got that, it's the glasses. I have been either eating or chewing gum throughout every single uh, moment from <laughs> just like last recording up or from when I saw the film up until now. Just massive sticks of gum. Yeah, just, just, I'm always popping sticks in, of gum into my mouth and telling people that I'm not going to pay them. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that that does. I'm, that I'm does trying to embody the also role explain as much a lot about how your behavior for the past week. So. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, I've been kind of more gruff and right. and hard to get next to lately, mm-hmm. and just your whole you know Kevin Costner approach to things. You know, like I mean, I gotta say, like yeah, your 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 method approach to this was. I w- yeah, I was thrown off as well because right. I didn't know that he was going to come as this. And right. So like this whole week, I was just like, I was, Why I, is was Colin I was like, such a what's dick? with like the whole dances with wolves fascination yeah. and you know like the postman like I I didn't really get it, but now it makes sense. Like you were really well, guys. I like to prepare. So. <laughs> but but anyway, let let's get into uh, hidden figures. Yeah, hidden figures. Um, twenty sixteen movie. Uh, who directed it? You said it before. It is Ted Melfi. Ted Melfi. Theodore Melfi. Yeah. <laughs> I saw this was produced by Pharrell Williams. Yes, and he yes, did the, he music, did the for music for it, it as well. Yeah, um, a lot of the music for it. I, I like the music for this. I, I just felt that sometimes it was a little on the nose, like the it, running, the, the running <laughs> song in particular. It's like it's, it's the song is "Keep on Running," but it might as well be "Now She's Got to Run to Get to the Bathroom." Uh, no. <laughs> Boy, the bathroom is far away. <laughs> Which I wouldn't have minded either. And yeah. honestly, I felt like. It was. I felt it was good because you know at the end they like turn it around and it's like the white guy. And yeah, who's I, I loved that part. And so yeah. like I, I actually did enjoy that, and it kind of just goes. It kind of goes into the recurring theme of like, yeah, this is every day for her. She's got to like anytime right. she wants to go to the bathroom, like she's got to run half a mile to get to the bathroom with her work, so she doesn't fall behind. Do her work in the bathroom and run back and like still stay on top of all this. Yeah. So I. I I get the the repetition being a little. Oh and yeah, that, no, that gets into one of the best tedious. scenes of the movie, which is the one where Kevin Costner's like, "Where the hell are you going for forty minutes a day?" And she just melts down and has like the her you know Oscar scene in it. But the one where, uh, even though I don't think she's nominated for an Oscar for this, but um, she has her big scene where she has her meltdown in the NASA room, and it's it's a really good scene and it's really well acted. Yeah. Um, I, I think by and large this movie is uh, a real home run for what it set out to do I can't remember the last feel good movie I went to watch you know like there's no real I mean for not it's not a bad thing but they do make it it's there's no real heavy moment you know you know where this movie is going to end when it when it begins you know and like yeah like the, the central topic is segregation you know in a in the well, it's, tense civil it's rights it's about uh, racism and civil rights but it's also about sexism and civil rights right yeah and and, and and it does that really well but like at the same time it's like i don't know like uh, it had opportunities to like really you know well as go dark i guess and yeah. it kept it light and it was it was a nice release well I this guess. is like yeah this is a movie where i i fully appreciated how good i felt at the end of this movie yeah because as a black man specifically like watching these movies is like a really like nervous thing for me because sometimes i'll just like find myself really angry at the end of them when i when i watch movies like this and it's like oh my god i can't believe like 
people have to go through this and like some of this stuff is still going on today. Right. Um, but I felt like one of the things they did really well in this movie was they never really made any one person like the bad, like racist, like person like jim parsons was you know dismissive yeah him being the closest yeah but he was never outright like hostile towards her like as far as her race was concerned like he always he always considered her less but i think he always just considered everyone less and he just considered her a little bit lower And, and i got the vibe that it was more about her being a woman than it was about her being a, a person right. of color. Yeah. Like yeah. It was, it, 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 and it was one of my notes was I wrote down, Sheldon's a real dickhole. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I felt like it was more of a comment on how these people were just complacent with the system around them. And so they fell into these, these like autopilot moments of like, Oh, well everyone just like, everyone stare down the black woman who walks into the room like right. when there's a group of all white men who've yeah. never seen a black woman and oh she's talking and oh she has something intelligent to say and right. it's never yeah. really like one person who's like oh yeah well stay in your place it's like no the system as a whole is just manufactured that way and right. so everyone is just kind of like uncomfortable with what's going on everyone is like unsure about what's going to happen next and while there is that that racism is something that is like throughout the movie it's not something that any one particular character like is abusively like racist right there no no one's dropping the n-word in this movie it's it's more a thing about uh, systemic racism and systemic uh sexism than it is about uh like antagonistic character who's right. supposed to be the bad guy. And, and, yeah. and a good point on it is the scene with Kirsten Dunst in the, in the bathroom with, um, with Dorothy. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's like, uh, just so you know, I have nothing against all y'all, you know, and, and Dorothy turns around and says, I'm sure you believe that, you yeah. know, and that line got like a huge reaction at both screenings. Oh, really? Yeah. For this movie. And that leads that um, coupled with what we were talking about, about this being a real feel good movie brings me into one of the things I want to talk to uh, talk about most, which is audience reactions to this movie because I was really noting that at both times I saw this Um, not only at both screenings of this movie did the audience or like large portions of the audience applaud at the end but in both these screenings people applauded during the film Oh, wow. So it really is a movie that has huge reactions from people that, like, it's a real emotional response from people. And I think that's a really admirable thing in terms of not being schmaltzy or heavy-handed. It just really works. Yeah. Right. I noticed that, too. And I was in a, like, I was in a movie theater where I was literally one of two black people in the movie theater watching this movie. And, like, to see, like, a bunch of, like, white people, like, cheering at, like, these moments. And, like, <laughs> I was like, hell yeah! Like, <laughs> yeah. My, my first one, I saw at a theater in Highlands Ranch. It was almost entirely white people, but people were applauding when Kevin Costner broke down the colored ladies' room yeah. sign oh, wow. and he said, we all pee the same color. People applauded. Yeah, I actually, they did it when I was at Belmar as well. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, people clapped at the end of the movie. I, I hadn't heard that, and I can't tell you the last time I heard people clap at the end of a movie that's awesome yeah. <laughs> um but i i do uh like i i really like this movie but i can't i can't help but feel like it was it was very cookie cutter like like i i left it and i was like that was really good but it didn't like i didn't i didn't feel like i don't know 
moved by it like as much as I I feel like uh, I had I, been I, by I other movies. I think I was, but in not necessarily in the ways that the movie wanted me to be at right. times. Like the the time that I cried both times during this movie wasn't like the end. I did tear up at the end the second time, but the time that I cried both times was the proposal scene. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, that was good. That was really good. I was like, oh my god, that's so cute, and all the girls are like, he's a good man, mama. <laughs> <laughs> it's so moving. It's just like, oh. <laughs> um, I also really liked um, Mary's court case scene when oh, yeah, she goes great. up to the judge and essentially like appeals to like his self interest more so than like anything. She's like, "Hey, like you could be the first judge to like allow the first like colored woman." to attend a like segregated school like don't you want to be that person like which side of history would you rather be on right and he's like oh you know what (laughs) it's like she's appealing to his sense of honor because she goes into his whole resume and talks about him being a navy man and like appeals to these other nasa people who are navy men and it's a really well written speech yep no and the movie by and large is just really well written like it's really well directed too. It didn't feel like two hours. I was blown away when oh, it yeah, was yeah. over. I was like, like, "Fuck, that was awesome!" You for know? a movie that's as long as it is, it feels like nothing, right. like yeah. nothing at all. And and well, it's. I mean, it's about mathematicians working for NASA. You'd think it would be more boring than it is, you know. But it's it's great. It's it's great. Yeah, um, I was gonna say Kevin Costner's speech is actually um, fairly similar in terms of like what he's using as like a motive to convince these people to provide more funding or like to let them continue their research. Um, and essentially it's like, well, you know, like, well, we may not be the first, but like, how about we be the best or, you know, it's, right. it's, it was like, you know, like, sure. We might've missed the mark on like being the first, but like, we still like how ha- we can still catch up and get ahead, you know, yeah. which I mean, we did, we, as, precisely that's precisely what we did like we were behind the majority of the quote-unquote space race you know up until we put the goddamn man man on the moon you know which is fucking awesome uh kevin costner has a few really good uh speeches in this movie and it brings me to the thing i wrote down (laughs) is kevin costner good in this with a question mark and i think i have to say that he is he is um and it's been a while i think since we've seen a kevin costner performance that's this good Oh, I thought you meant, like, is he, like, a good guy? And I was like, yeah. No, he's definitely <laughs> yeah. a good guy. Um, but, yeah, no, he, yeah, he, is, he is also, he performs well in this movie. Right. Yes. I think he broke the Kevin Costner curse, which has been, like, strong since Dances with Wolves, I think. Yeah, you like, know? he used to be, like, really good in, like, the 80s. And right. Then and Dances then, like, with Wolves was an amazing movie, and then he just started making, like, really Well, any movie crap. that he was in was just, like, terrible. Well, I don't know if it was him or if he was just making really bad decisions. Right. But yeah, there was just a, lo- a long period of Kevin Costner not doing well. <laughs> Poor Kevin Costner. I also love the. Uh, are you a Russian spy? Oh yeah, oh, <laughs> and I, it was and funny because I literally like reaction to it. It's I was like in the movie, I was literally like I busted out laughing at that, <laughs> and then like it took everyone else in the audience till the next line when she's like I'm not Russian yeah <laughs> to like finally like get it but I was literally like as soon as he said are you a Russian spy I just burst out laughing in the <laughs> movie theater and then like a second later everyone else like finally got it and I was like uh. Uh, one of my Kevin Costner things that I loved is um, he's playing this real you know 
methodical, like kind of a jerkish guy. And one of the first things he says to Catherine is, I'm not going to say I saw, I'm sorry if I said I'd, I'm sorry, I'd be saying it all the time. And that makes it so much more impactful when he does say I'm sorry to her when he has to send her back to the computer division. Yeah. And he even resists saying it. He says, Catherine, I, and then he comes back and says, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was a really cool moment to me in the movie. Yeah, that moment really stood out. Yeah, just for that very reason, because he very clearly states like, no, I don't say sorry, because then I'd have to apologize to everyone. And when he does do that, it was definitely just this shift of or more of like a solidification of like this validation of who she was the work that she did and even if her name hadn't been put on a paper at that point i feel like that was a moment of solid recognition in this movie even though like once again that character didn't actually exist but yeah <laughs> for the movie's sake it was a really really good moment right you know and and I, I love i love that character i love how um the movie works with uh like it, it does its whole color palette um where all the workstations and like all the workrooms and stuff are like really bland and like stark and stuff and then but except for his office kevin costner's office and the women's homes they're all like really bright and like warm you know, and and I really like when movies do that. Yeah, I mean, they do it all the time, but like it's when they do it well. But yeah, in this one, it's done subtly and it's, it's right. done effectively. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one of the actors uh, you didn't mention, Craig, is the guy who plays uh, Jim. Uh, I am not sure how to pronounce his name. Uh, Mahershala Ali uh, is my best guess at it. But uh, I first became familiar with him from House of Cards. Uh, but he's, like, really on the scene right now because he's in both this and Moonlight. Moonlight. That's right. Yeah. But I, I really like and his performance. I like that character. I think the char character is super charming and likable. Uh, yeah. It's part of why I cry when he proposes to Catherine in the movie. Luke Cage. That's what, that's what else he's Yes, in. he's also in Luke Cage. He's the uh, bad guy in Luke Cage. The good bad guy. <laughs> I, I got a note here. Black women are magic. Because they like literally walk into NASA and just fix everything. Yeah, that's what, yeah, that's what I was I wrote that down because I was like, oh yeah, like these black women were used as a last resort and then like on day one they start like making just improvements bam. and like yeah. <laughs> like like the IBM computer doesn't fucking work until Dorothy touches it and they're yeah. like, Oh, whoa, it's like working <laughs> yeah but it's a great thing when she fixes it because she walks in and she's looking at everything she goes oh that's in the wrong place it's just delivered in scene. such a great thing <laughs> just like so yeah no so nonchalant like she's just like oh yeah just <laughs> um oh yeah i was gonna say uh the other movie that ted melfi directed was uh saint vincent which I haven't actually seen, but looking at watching the trailer, a lot of like that color palette that you're talking about mm. uh, looks very similar to this movie in terms of cinematography. Um, I just wanted to make that point. I'll have to take your word for it because I haven't seen that either. I've just seen the trailer for it. And I was like, oh, this looks very like the color like wash of it looks very similar to Hidden Figures. Uh, the guys who are trying to set up the IBM, um, first of all, the IBM shows up and it won't fit through the door because no one bothered to measure the door that the At thing is measure the machine <laughs> itself, which I found really interesting and, and really funny. But did either of you guys think that the um, smaller guy or the guy who's um, trying to look at the door and everything was like a Bobo Jesse Eisenberg? Oh, yeah, you're right. 
It's like, yeah, it was, it was oh, just sh- one of those yeah. things I kind of noticed. Like, oh, that guy looks like a, a low rent Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> that does it for me, except for just some nerdy um, things that they like didn't do correctly. Um, the capsule is orbiting in the wrong direction. It would orbit with the um, heat shield first. Cool. <laughs> I, I like getting uh, science facts in here, and you are uh, our science guy. Um, um, I did also one of the like those little moments where going back to that no one person necessarily being a bad guy it just kind of being the system is like when they do like all these calculations and there's like a moment where um costner is like congratulating everyone and he just says good work gentlemen and like taraji p henson is like standing right front and center and it's yeah. just like and she he's pops just like good work yeah. gentlemen and then like that's it right it was just like one of those little moments where it's like yeah that's like the little stuff that's like even like without the whole like racism thing like being a woman right. is oh, just yeah. like where those little tiny things where it's just like oh yeah that's cool i guess i'm here too right. <laughs> and not only that like he says thingy woman she's like front and center and everything uh piggybacking on top of the color use she pops in every one of those scenes because all the men are just wearing like black pants and white shirts and she's wearing like a colorful dress right so she stands out visually in every scene as mm-hmm. well um uh, the only other things i had were um one note i made of a p- exchange of dialogue between the um german uh engineer and uh, what's her name? Mary Jackson, or between yes, okay, between the Janelle German Lange. engineer and Mary Jackson. Was he German or Russian? He's German because he talks about how, or he's Polish or something because he talks about he's a Jew and he fled um, right, from right. Nazis and everything. But um, where he is saying, if you were a white man, would you wish to be an engineer? And she says, I wouldn't have to because I'd already be one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, that was really cool. Um, but the only other thing i had oh um there is a really great mirrored um shot or a shot that's kind of called back in this movie because in the beginning in the intro uh, when we're seeing Catherine as a young girl um, being brought up in school the teacher says Catherine, would you like to solve the equation on the board and he hands her the chalk and we have a close-up of the teacher handing the chalk to her and we have that same close-up um, in the scene where she's in the briefing with all the military people and she calculates the um, landing zone on the spot where Kevin Costner is handing her the chalk and we get the same close-up. Of yeah, yeah. that was really cool. Off. Yeah. Yeah, so it was a really cool... And actually, I remember, um, I think it was on... I think Taraji Henson was on Stephen Colbert, I want to say, and she said that she essentially, like, memorized, like, that entire thing so that's like her writing that and talking at the same time like she like memorized like it's essentially like she doesn't know like the math right but she memorized like the, even like memorizing that as a script piece is yeah. is ridiculous because it's like so crazy and technical it's not like a sentence where it's like oh yeah this is like the words that are speaking and they make sense in this order it's like oh no here's a bunch of numbers here's that a... don't really make sense outside of this unless you understand like rocket science yeah here's a <laughs> string so, yeah. of numbers right. so yeah she uh, actually yeah. so yeah she memorized like the like the actual writing of the entire formula and like speaking the formula so she That's could do awesome. it as she was writing it out instead wow. of like having to adr it but yeah i i love this movie i think it's kind of a home run and what's really funny and what i said um to the people i saw it with the first time was it just shows how good 2016 was for movies because in 
most other years this movie would be a lock for best picture but in when this is up against fences and moonlight and la la land uh, well, <laughs> uh, but when this movie is up against fences and moonlight and arrival Right, you're like, Agreed. oh wow! <laughs> I would want to say this is a lock for best picture, but there's a lot of really great movies up for best right. picture. Yeah, I, I'm so. so glad this movie exists because it's like, I mean, not only is it, it's, I mean, it's an untold story, which you know, of course, hidden figures, it's in the freaking title, and like, you know, but like, it's so cool to see to see this, you know, um, this era of of suffrage from a women's point of view in NASA, you know, because one of my strongest beliefs in this crazy crazy world is that we do so much better when we really mix the pot like and that's just on every fucking level like when you hang out with people from other cultures like i think it's healthy for your soul and i think nasa succeeded uh, so well by breaking down those barriers before even the civil rights you know before the civil rights movement had to even happen you know like it was just like through necessity they brought in all these mines and stuff you know and and the united states i would even argue used that to its success in world war ii by using you know like languages that the navajos had for code and stuff you know and like really you know relying on like the multicultural background that is this nation you know yeah and and this is it's a really cool I'm I'm just really glad that it was a nod to that that it was like hey guys pull your head out of your fucking asses and if you like you know don't don't bother the the fact that she's a woman much less black you know like if if we fucking just like behave well, like goddamn human beings you know we would do so so much better. Well, that's the thing. It's like how much sooner could they have made those advancements? If exactly. They, if they'd been if she'd been on board from the beginning, right? Like how much sooner would that? They might have gotten into space before the Russians, before the Russians. did if they just like yeah incorporated all of those people into you know all of their um, like research. So yeah, what you're saying makes perfect sense and goes back into that whole thing of like yeah they were users of last resort, but as soon as they got in there, they were like making improvements. They were finding errors and glitches that no one had noticed before because they'd been working on the same thing for so long, or they were all you know, right. like on the same page about this. And it's like, oh, this one person comes in is not on the same page as you, comes from a completely different background. We'll look at everything just right. a little bit different than you right. will. And so like, yeah, that's gonna, well, what you need is a fresh, ser- a fresh set of eyes, a different point of view. Right, and I, I would even argue if like, if you got, if you got a room full of scientists that all like spoke different languages, you know, just that phenomena of like, their brains work differently because they're based on different languages. I guarantee that they would be more successful than a than a room full of scientists that were like more homogenous, you know. Um, just I don't know. I, I I it's ah it's frustrating. Well, I mean, yeah. it's the same thing that happens when you like have homogenous gene pools, you know. Right. Shit gets stagnant and it gets like yeah gross Shit, and weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no other way to put it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess that's kind of my final thought with this is that I'm really glad it exists. Um, I mean, I'm a huge NASA fanboy in everything that they do, and I love it when I see more stories from it, you know. Yeah, and it's really cool to know the stories of these amazing real-life women. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Does that wrap us up for Hidden Figures? I believe it does. Uh, it does. Does anyone have any corrections for last week? Corrections or omissions from last week, which would be La La Land. The Land of La La. I don't personally. I don't, I don't. know if either of you guys I, do. I don't either. 
Okay. Um, I would like to talk a little bit about what I was mentioning before in terms of Oscar voting and oh yeah yeah, that's, yeah so yeah I was I was just looking and I was interested in you know I've been reading a lot of things about you know people talking about what's going to win what's not going to win and um, a lot of what I'm hearing is pretty much La La Land has a pretty good chance of winning Best Picture not because it is the Best Picture but just because it is more broadly more broadly liked than most of the other movies will be. This so, is recorded a week and a half before the Oscars. <laughs> uh, so essentially, the way that Oscar uh, voting works is instead of voting for only a single candidate, in instant runoff voting, voters can rank the candidates in order of preference. Ballots are initially counted for each elector's top choice. If a candidate secures more than half of these votes, and in this case, uh, in the Oscars, I believe it's half plus one, um, then that candidate wins. Otherwise, the candidate in last place is eliminated and removed from consideration. The top remaining choices on all ballots are then counted again. This process repeats until one candidate is the top remaining choice of the majority of the voters. So essentially what this means is if there's a lot of like polarizing movies, so if there are like people who really love Moonlight and people who really didn't get Moonlight or didn't like Moonlight, and it's like at the top and the bottom split between people, it probably won't win. But the choices that are second or third, more towards the middle, usually tend to make it to the top because um, because more people will have that, more people will have La La Land in their second or third position than in their first or last position. So there's a good chance that La La Land's gonna take it. And also reading about just the movies that have won in the recent years since this voting system has been implemented, which was in 2009, um, pretty much movies about making movies or movies about the movie industry um, have taken the best picture since this has happened because while people might have this really this one movie that they really love and they're passionate about, usually their second or third choice is gonna be something that they relate to more. And so since all of these are movie people and Hollywood people, a movie about movies in Hollywood will appeal to more people on the like on that middle scale. So we might be looking at La La Land taking Best Picture, even if it's not necessarily the best movie, which honestly, I don't think it is. No, I think there I were a lot of better movies. In you're, you're telling me that Arrival, a movie about aliens <laughs> coming to Earth in the time loops, isn't going to win? <laughs> so some people who don't get Arrival are going <laughs> to maybe knock that one out of contention. How dare they? Yeah. yeah. So while well, I don't necessarily agree with it because I feel like it awards mediocrity, um, right. I do believe that La La Land probably has the best chance of winning based on that research. Yeah. yeah well, well, I'm not a fan I, of I, award shows I, in general. Right. So. I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. And um, this is our Oscar right. <laughs> round. You guys. I, I, I think award shows for art are really dumb. Um, it's subjective. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but I'm glad that we did like an Oscar round because oh, yeah. I'm so glad I saw hidden figures and I'm really excited to see moonlight, which is my pick for our final uh, piece in our Oscar nominations for Best Picture. Oh, yeah. So Moonlight will be um, – we'll wrap up our little Oscar block here. 
I feel like we've gone from like really happy to really depressing in this because <laughs> I, yeah. I don't think Moonlight's going to be a very happy movie from what I yeah my understanding I of what it's I about. Feel like, <laughs> I feel like um, having, Hidden Figures was a, more of a warm hug than La La Land though. Though you know yeah, but La La Land was just kind of like fluffy, like yeah, it was ridiculous. Woo-hoo-hoo. It was very ridiculous. <laughs> it, yeah, it was, <laughs> yeah, it was surreal. Like almost, it could like, have been more so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anyways, um, I guess that wraps us up for uh, this episode. So on to recommendations, I believe. Recommendations. Recommend shit. I'm going to recommend you. All right. Well, (laughs) I've been on a gay man kick. And (laughs) I'm not talking about my personal life. I'm talking about Neil Gaiman. Uh, And... And I have that been. That was a flawless segue. I'm really tickled. I recently um, ordered and received uh, Neil Gaiman's Norse mythology. Um, I've gotten about a chapter into it, but so far it seems like it's fantastic. And it's Neil Gaiman, so I'm just going to recommend it because I'm like 99% sure it's going to be freaking awesome. <laughs> Like most things that gay men make. <laughs> uh, Colin? Uh, I don't think we've recommended this before, but I'm going to recommend the podcast Super Ego. Uh, it is a fantastic um, sketch-based uh, comedy podcast. It's probably one of the most heavily produced podcasts out there and it's one of the funniest things you will ever hear um it takes a little bit of getting used to but once you're got your toe into it it is just the best thing ever yes it is it is a blast um too bad they don't put out new ones it is sad. except for yeah. they do live well, they episodes. do live stuff yeah and uh they also have a um, just a side plug the super ego forgotten classics is oh, those a are great, fantastic great yeah. thing they they do they do uh, classic n- novels, right? It's classic works of literature that none of them have read or are familiar with. So they are given um, the title of the book, the list of characters, its opening line and its last line, and then they improvise what they think the book is. Oh, that sounds fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's probably it? only on Howl. It's only, it's Howl. only on Howl, yeah. behind the paywall. Yeah. <laughs> Howl.fm for a very reasonable fee. Hours of listening pleasure await you. I love how we're constantly plugging Howl. Howl. Put us on your <laughs> network. <laughs> right? Yeah, right. Hey, Scott Ackerman. Hey. Hey, guys. We love you, Paul Shear. We don't know what we're doing, but you should totally take us on. Help. <laughs> hey, in case Scott Ackerman ever hears this podcast that's listened to by 20 people. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> Um, I will recommend because I'm in, I'm deep into it right now as a madman. Um, Ooh, I'm in the middle of like season two right now. It is so good. I'm like, I wish everything was like that 1960s style now. And like everyone's dressing in suits. Do you and wish stuff. everything was, it was like no, in the 1960s, I said 1960s style, Craig, 1960s style. So you're referring to the aesthetic rather than the, uh, correct. Culture. Sir. <laughs> Uh, yes um so i recommend it it's a great it's a great great show um about 
Uh, well, I guess it's about the mysterious Don Draper, but I I would say that it's more about women's suffrage in uh, the workplace in the 1960s and how far we have come and how oh. far we have yet to go. Well, well women's advancement because suffrage is, has yeah. a specific meaning. You're using oh, that term women's correctly. suffrage is about the right to vote. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh. <laughs> well, I'm an that, idiot. I was going to say that earlier, and then you kind of kept going, and I was like, ah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's all right. I've, I've, I'm known as an idiot. So. Um, yes, uh, that. <laughs> okay. But yeah, I, women's I, rights I, in the workplace. I, I enjoyed the bit of Mad Men that I watched. I never got all the way into it. I got so I bored with it. I'm, I probably shouldn't say it on your recommendation. But I did not like that show. That's fine. I got bored with Gilmore Girls. <laughs> oh, well. They're both shows about nothing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I guess that wraps us up. Um, don't have anything else um i will just say last few announcements for this show you can find all of our episodes on soundcloud.com forward slash iwitwt as well as the general podcast listening app um itunes stitcher stuff like that you can find us on twitter twitter's your jam at want you to watch this with the letter u and the number two and join us for some movie talk on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash IWITWT. And most importantly, if you like what you hear, please write us a nice review on iTunes. It helps grow our audience and people find our tiny, tiny show. Be a buddy. Give us five stars. Yeah, yeah. Just come on, guys. Let's oh, do it. Rat. Join us next week for Moonlight. Bye.